0: Welcome to the CTC Podcast, where Chase Minifield, Dom Joseph, and Max Millian discuss life lessons they've learned as young entrepreneurs in the business world. Join them as they debate current events, business topics, and enjoy a few laughs with their weekly guests. And now for today's show. What up, what up? Here we are with another episode of the CTC Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Minifield. Dom Joe on the line, what's good? What's up, Werner? How's everybody doing? Max Million on the line. What's up? Happy Sunday, everybody. How y'all doing good today? And we got a special guest, UVA DB, NFL DB speaker, motivational speaker, educator, entrepreneur, uh, author. Anything else I'm missing, Tico?
1: You know, you, you rolling pretty good, fam. You rolling pretty
0: good. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Awesome. Yeah, we got Tony Covington on the line. What's up?
1: Oh, man, it's all good. It's all good. Appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Of course, of course. So, this is another installment of our Who's Where. So, Tony, we've been doing a series this entire, I guess, year so far where we've been uh, doing a lot of UVA alumni and their stories uh, and trying to build a little database and podcast layer where people can research UVA alumni and figure out what they're doing currently. So, we know you got a lot of dope things going on right now and we're gonna get into that, but we wanna figure out we wanna start from the start, the beginning. So tell everybody where you're from and you know, how you got into football, how you ended up at UVA. All that uh,
1: good. Right? Originally from Winston Salem, North Carolina and uh you know dude, I remember when uh, Virginia started recruiting me and it was it was a funny story. Coach Wilmer walked in, I was it was a Friday during the day, I'm watching film for the game that night. And then we had this dope back, and uh, they say, hey. He said, hey, well, uh, tell me about this kid. I said, oh, he's really good. This is number 22 on the screen right here. He's like, oh, okay. I said, but you know what? You need to watch out for number seven right here, too. He's a pretty good player. He said, who's that? I said, that's me. And so <laughs>
0: they,
1: they started recruiting me from We I balled out that night, and then Virginia was on me. Other schools started getting on me. And, uh, you know, when I came up on the recruitment visit, I just I had a feeling. And uh it, it worked out, man. The guys were cool that I met on the trip, decided we were gonna come in, uh, to flip the script, turn it into a winning program, and that's exactly what we did.
0: How you get out of the, the big three down there in North Carolina? They recruited you and offered you and all that stuff?
1: So if all all of them but Carolina. Carolina never recruited me. I, I remember walking to my coach's office one day and the Carolina recruiter was there and my coach said, Well, this is our quarterback, Tony Coven, and the guy was like, Who? And I looked at him like, who? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, got out of North Carolina and uh, never lost to another star in four years. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's, that's what's up. That's what's up. So you ended up, you, you went to UVA. What was your UVA experience like? You know, we had a lot of our, lot of our guests are obviously more around the, what we experienced in our years and things like that nature. How was your experience at UVA back then?
1: I mean, it was a time of my life, man. Um, you know, like I always – Harking back onto my college years, man, people were like, but you played in the NFL. I'm like, man, but there was nothing like that college experience, man, the the brotherhood that, you know, we came in with a mission, man, and uh, it was really to change the program and the dynamics of of a, of a university that was perceived as a, as a soft, not football-heavy uh, school. And we came in, chip on our shoulder with a, with a crazy attitude, and we had a theme. We had a great strength coach. We put in the work. You know, the, the, the mantra was whatever it takes. You know, Coach Welsh was hard nosed, uh, you know, that fit a lot of us. I think he adapted to us because we were kind of a wild and crazy group. But once we started to turn it around, man, we started to get those elite athletes coming in, you know, wanting to be a part of the movement that we started. Uh and, and it was it was amazing, you know, both both challenging uh, academically and challenging in, in football and but I, I look back at the lessons that I learned, man, and just they, they helped Formed me into the man that I am today, and you know I'm I'm very thankful for my UVA experience. Uh, A lot of us alumni are extremely close, and 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 it's just something. There's something about the brotherhood that we had as football players, or have as football players, but also the alumni of just the average student. Uh, You know, we're extremely tight as well. So uh, it was a time of my life, man.
0: Before we get into the NFL experience, has a UVA degree? gave you or uh, been as helpful as they, they tell us when we get recruited for you in your time of being a UVA alumni so far?
1: Yeah, I, I would say yes. I think it's it's what you make it, though, man. Uh, for me, having a uh, a degree in communications, um, and I use it. I use it every day, you know, in my nonprofit work, you know, when I'm doing broadcasts sort the games, on podcasts. So, you know, I I utilize my degree and it is it is truly what you make it if you take it seriously, if you do the right things and, and utilize the network that comes with that degree, man, you, you can't you can't help but be successful.
0: That's good to hear. That's good to hear because, you know, we both, we all three talk about when we went to UVA how one of the big things that we wanted to
1: one of the reasons why we
0: showed up was the fact of they said you go get just the name of the UVA on your degree will open up doors. So good to hear that that is has been something that you've experienced. So you got to the NFL. Now, what was your NFL experience like in general? Um, I know you was drafted in the fourth round and um, played for a few different teams. What was your experience? Like you obviously already said that it's different than college experience, but um, go ahead and give us your, your thoughts your experience in the NFL and and possibly what you got done playing how you start transitioning out of sports.
1: Yeah, I mean, the NFL, it, it truly wasn't like college. It wasn't like the brotherhood that we had. I mean, you guys, you had guys you'd go to war with, but it was a job. I mean, it is a job. It's the people's livelihood. This is what they do to take care of their families. And it was different. It was more of the business. And you don't realize that until you're in it. You know, it is it is corporate big business. You know, it, you can't take it personal. Um, and it, but it's hard when you're going through it. When you used to be an emotional player, you know, who comes in with a certain type of mentality, all about the work. And you get in, you know, for me in particular, coming in as a rookie, playing a lot, you know, and in starting a majority of my rookie year, making all rookie, leading all. Uh, rookies in interceptions and interceptions and tackles as a safety, coming at playing strong safety at 188 pounds. Uh, but it was interesting how guys that made all this money, you know, when it comes to nut cutting time, they looking at you, eyes all wide open, and you like, oh, these dudes look like they scared up in the huddle, you know. So that that was it was strange for me, and I was just like, it was it seemed like a lot of those guys were about the money. You had those. Few warriors out there who who are about the game, uh, but man, it was it was crazy because it, it, of the corporate big business part of it, um, and just the all the, the best players don't always play, man. It's about mm-hmm. you know balancing that salary and, and who you know if you got a couple of safeties that are both making a million dollars, you can be comparable to them, you know, or maybe a hair under them, and it ain't a whole lot of time for you to get in the game you know, and uh, it, that that was challenging for me, man, used to always being on the field, having so much success my rookie year, then blowing my knee out the day before I was supposed to sign a, a brand-new contract, you know, my second year, uh, and, you know, dealing with a couple of injuries, battling back from nose, uh, and then dealing with coaches, man, you know, and, and their egos, and, you know, that, that – affected me as well and so my my NFL experience man I'm thankful for because it allowed me to do some things at a young age and help my family experience some things help my sister you know through college but by and large I don't have that that warm and fuzzy NFL story you know for me you know I hated the business side I just love to play football and it you know it it taught me the things that I learned after the fact man you better manage your dough and you better make sure you're making those connections while you're doing it, in preparation for when it's over. Because when it's over, the, those phones don't get answered like they used to when you were hot.
0: That's real. Do you feel like when you when I mean, because you know people can know, I mean, you can know when you can when people are better than other players and they aren't playing and things like that. Do you feel like, How do you feel like that affects a team environment when um, you can feel like politics are starting to play into the actual team? Um, in in any, whether it's money or whether it's um you know coaches any different type of situation like that, how does that affect or affect a person individually or the team environment overall?
1: Well, I mean if you're not careful if you're not extremely confident in your game, it can really impact your play. It can really detrimentally impact the way that you play and how you perceive the game um for me it just it was just extremely frustrating. Uh, when you talk about a team, if you're winning, man, uh, that that solves a lot of the, the the ill feelings and the ill will that could, could crop up. But if you are losing, man, you you know it it truly affects the team morale uh, and it affects each individual, man, and how they play. I remember, you know, a guy that scooped me under my wing, Ricky Reynolds. You know, was a great corner. He was like, man, don't whatever you do, don't get caught up in the losing. He said, and on every day you work on one aspect of your game, and you'll you'll see the differences. So, you know, even though we were losing in Tampa, I worked on my craft every single day. And while we weren't having a lot of success team wise, my game was elevate each and every week because I worked at my craft. You know, I refused to be outworked, and that's kind of a theme my entire life. Refusing to be outworked, I've never been the biggest, the strongest, or the fastest. You know, but, you know, I, I challenge anybody to be tougher than me <laughs> despite my size or, or go harder than me, you know, when we stepped in, in between those lines.
0: That's real. Um, one of the things that we talk about and we've kind of talked about um, a, a couple times is the fact of, you know, owning your situation. And the fact that uh, in NFL, sometimes no matter how hard you work, it wasn't your decision on what your outcome was. Um and when you get into entrepreneurship and business and things like that and owning what you're doing, your hard work, starts you, you start to own your hard work. And we, we have that challenge of saying, like, all right, if I put in this, if I get these things done, it's going, I'm going to see these um, play out on the other end. I'm going to see the fruits of my labor. Uh, I know personally for me, um, I, 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 I hang my hat on hard work as well. And my experience in the NFL was the fact of no matter how hard I work, I seeing the politics side of the situation, and you know, putting in time every day, and doing these different types of situations, I felt like, you know, I wasn't getting the opportunities, or you know, the practice opportunities to to try to even if you are going ten for ten in a one on one situation, and whoever else is you, whoever the head of you going six for four or whatever six for, six for ten, then you know, it wasn't really something that you'd be like, all right, well, let's put midfield up in the first string today. That's not what I, you know what I'm saying? That type of situation and mindset really, really was something that started to, to to make my NFL experience less than, less than uh, memorable. So that's, that's, that's a, I don't know if you want to speak on that at all, as far as like getting the fruits out of your labor and, you know, understanding that when you when your decision is not yours, it can be, you know, a very tough situation for people.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I think you hit it right on the head, man. And, it starts to impact you, and it's impact and for me, it impacted my love for the game, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is my, you know, I love the game since I was a kid, since I first started playing. And when that, that's that, that's that whole business side. When you're like, man, you know, I mean, I know I'm rocking better than this dude, but I'm not getting the burn. And it was just, you know, for me standing on the sideline, I was like, so what do people do over here? <laughs> you know, I mean it was it was crazy it was crazy for me man and it really really impacted my love dude for 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 the game and so and that's why I just that's why I always say you know I mean hey I got a I got the chance to play in the NFL for 5 years uh it was cool but you know it's only a part of a part of Tony Cuddle.
0: for sure for sure uh an opportunity not a destination so what was your experience like? you know, how did you? When did you start transitioning out of sports? Was it a tough transition for you? Did you know what you was gonna do? Did you, was you planning on this prior to, um, with, uh, getting done playing, or was it kind of like, I gotta figure this thing out?
1: Well, you know, everybody, like Mike Tyson say, everybody got a plan until they get hit. <laughs> so, you know, I thought that I had done things the right way. You know, I got my degree. I had, you know, I was like, all right, shoot, I, you know, I, I got a chance to play in the league. And when it was over after five years, I'm like, all right, you know, cool. Hey, I got my degree. I had, I had squirreled away a little money away for a rainy day. And there I was with the degree. I'm like, all right, well, they told me that, you know, once you get this degree, then you're going to get the job. Okay, well, okay, well, where the, where the jobs? I, I, I'm waiting. The jobs wasn't coming to me, you know, because – I hadn't – they hadn't taught us how to network and uh, do internships and, you know, didn't know about all of that part. I put away money for rain. I ain't put away money for storms. So when them storms were coming, it was a tough road to hold that for a minute. But, you know, at some point I was like, all right, look, I got to figure this thing out. And so, you know, my first job, man, was sales, selling water treatment equipment. You know, and then I migrated from that into the nonprofit space, and I've been in the pro- nonprofit space going on 19 years now. So, you know, what I realized in that nonprofit game was that I could change lives, and that meant something to me. You know, I started a program for the American Heart Association. They were like, hey, we've got a manual, we've never done anything like this before, but make it go. And I did, and I just realized the impact that my work could have on 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 the public, and it was life saving work and it like I said that meant a lot to me, and it just kind of stuck and I've just peeled off different parts of that, but it it all boils down to dedicating my life to service, whether it's through my job, whether it's through my mentorship, you know whether it's you know always the the the, uh, the workshops that I developed teaching students, you know, working on life skills, student athletes, you know, whatever it is, it's all about service and giving back. And so I, I owe a lot of that to that learning the nonprofit game, but I think it even goes back further than that because that's who my mother was. And so, you know, I think a part of her, you know, in me, even though I lost her at a, at a, at a young age or hurt relatively young for her at 47, that stuff never left me. And it, though I used to get on her case about it, it's just, it's me, dude. It's, it's who I am.
0: What's up? So, tell us, let's get into what you're doing now. All the good stuff. We got into it a little bit. What are you doing currently? Uh, and I I'm, I know I can't even name everything. I know you got your hands in a lot of pots. So, go ahead go ahead and tell them <laughs> what you're doing right now, and we'll dive into it.
1: Yeah, uh, like I said, you know, in the nonprofit game, man. So, I uh, I am working at an organization called uh, the Baltimore Office of Promotion and the Arts uh, as the chief development officer, uh, bottom line, we're the arts council for uh, the city of Baltimore. And, you know, there's a lot of arts education and a lot of ills that go on here in the city of Baltimore, and we get a bad rap for all the bad things that happen. Uh, but one of the only things that isn't broken is art. And so, you know, while it's we're not assigned to eliminate the violence in Baltimore, we feel like we could have a a, a stake in the crime prevention because we're able to give kids an option an opportunity to do something in the art space Uh, because you know the way it's set up now if you're not an athlete in high school you really don't have anything else to go uh, anything else to do because they've taken away the money from all the arts programs so um, we provide that for the community we put on festivals here in the city great festivals here farmers market uh, so for me, it's very much once again, you know, raising money to make a difference and, and have an impact in the Baltimore community. Um, published my first book in 2017. I am underdog: a journey of adversity and blessings. Plus, a lot about some of the things that I discussed uh, with you guys uh, and, and my overall journey and what I've overcome. So it's all in all, it's a it's a book and story of of hope and inspiration. And I'm working on this underdog movement uh, for our kids. Um, Also created these workshops for life skills, teaching life skills to student athletes uh, for the college, for my college crew. And then I created a curriculum that mirrors that, uh, that, Mod, the high the college modules uh, for high school students. The earlier we can get that information into their into their minds, they'll be thinking different about where they want to go to school, what they want to major in, the careers that they're interested in. You know, because we're good at telling, hey, we want you to create a plan for your life, but then we don't teach them how to do it. So uh, I'm, I'm very clear on my purpose, and 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 it, and it is very much that, you know, when they say teach me to fish, I'll. Eat for a day I mean give me a fish I'll eat for a day teach me to fish I'll eat for a lifetime I want to be the one that provides the fishing rod because if I give you the tools to be successful in life then you will and I walk you know and I walk that path with you because I've been there Um so working on book number two and three now uh and just you know do just try motiv- trying to get out there and speak as much as I can and just make this world a better place for my daughters man bottom line for sure
0: how do you how do you even start a book? Tell somebody how do you even get that process
2: started. You write this thing, or <laughs> uh, you just putting in work every day.
1: Yeah, well, the the thing of it is, man, is that I never even thought I'd write a book. And uh, one of my coworkers, uh, when I was working for an organization, said, "Hey, you know, I, I see you as a speaker, and tell me a little bit more about you." And see, we we would meet at a coffee shop before work at like eight o'clock before we had to be in the office at nine, like once a week, and the first meeting, she was sitting down, and she was like, tell me about Tony Covington. And I, she was just taking notes, taking notes. She was like, okay, stop. You need to write a book. And I said, well, who would read a book about Tony Covington? She said, well, who wouldn't? You have a story to tell, and I think it could be a, have a tremendous impact. And that's how it started. You know, created my little outline, and then I sat on it. Then I sat on it. Then I started doing a lot of traveling for work to the West Coast. And dude pulled out the laptop and just I started looking at my outline and just started typing, and it was, dude, it was very cathartic because there were things that I was writing about that I thought I had dealt with in my past that it was pouring out. And and real talk, when I first started writing, the first chapter is about my mom, dude, there were tears pouring down my face um, because, like I said, I thought I had dealt with things. I thought I had healed, you know, from losing her. Uh, and so it was very, very cathartic, man, writing this book, and uh, it was a lot of healing that happened, and, and that's how I wrote a majority of it, man, back and forth to L.A. and to San Francisco, and then once I got towards the end, then I started really putting in the time at home and carving out that time to get it done because a lot of it, it's just creating the time for you to do it.
2: hmm That makes sense.
0: Don so Joe, Matt, y'all got anything?
2: Yeah, man. Um, I got a lot, actually, but, um, I want to say, man, t Cub, man, he embodies the theme that I've been, like, running with for the last couple of months now, man, just limitless, man. You know what I'm saying? Just, like, don't let anybody or anything limit your potential or limit what you can do. You know what I'm saying? Especially I've read the book, too. The book is a good book. It's a tremendous book, very motivational. So make sure y'all go get it and read it because uh, it's not a long read, but it's a quality read. And uh, in there, it, it just talks about everything that he talked about, and just the fact at every stage, every point in his life. Sorry, that's my girl hopping out the whip, man. We just got done working, but um, every <laughs> man. I can, yeah, I can, man. <laughs> yeah, every pa every at every stage of his life, unbelievable. This is unbelievable. At every stage <laughs> of his life, man, you could just you could just see the underdog theme and how he how he persevered through every situation kept a good attitude kept his competitive edge you know what i'm saying hard working nobody out working you know what i'm saying so i'm not gonna get into the whole book but you know i, I just applaud that effort and um you know i also wanted to touch on what you said a while back about uh you know you, you talked about how football uh just you got disenchanted with it and it was easy for you to realize that football isn't you you know what i'm saying it's just a part of what you did and i feel like um a lot of players that are playing now and a lot of players that have played struggle with that. So why do you think people struggle with that so much? And how are you because, able to not struggle with that?
1: Because they, they that's their only identity. They don't have anything else. And, you know, football has always just been a part of Tony Covington, a, a small part. And I'll tell you, man, that I – most of my years of of work outside of football – I don't talk about the fact that I play in the NFL. Other people find out or they, you know, I I may get into a meeting. I may be in there with the president of my organization and we're meeting with some top executive and he brings it up as a point of conversation and I'm just kind of like, Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to play. This is what I did, so on and so forth. Because it's all I've always viewed it as a part of who Tony Cousinson is. It wasn't. It it wasn't that final thing for me. And there's so many different levels to who I am. And so I'm very clear on who I am, and I always known who I am. And a lot of guys don't have that, man. They don't. It's football, and they don't have anything else. They had. They don't have different the, the cultures. They don't have the experiences and. You know, so they're stuck when they don't have football, man. They're they're lost and, and that's unfortunate. Word. Max, what you got, man? Hey Dom uh, man,
0: before yeah. Ma- before Max goes, Dom Joe, you, you know, Dom Joe had a he embraces the underdog mentality for sure. Uh and he had at UVA he had a saying of he's doing five the hard way. So Dom okay. Joe, uh did you when you was reading uh, the Tony Covington book, um uh, I am Underdog, what was your biggest, like, um, takeaway as far as comparison to what you went through it, in your in your space? Um, I
2: would say the biggest comparison was the fact that he got, I wouldn't say written off. Well, somewhat written off, man, and overlooked, especially when he got to the league. And um, the fact that, like I said, man, he just kept, he kept persevering through it. And, and he always, kind of like me, too, you know what I'm saying? He always finds a way to win, finds a finds a way to make a, a positive out of a negative in every single situation. You know what I'm saying? And that's the type of person that I want to be around. That's the type of person that I want on my team, somebody like that. So, uh, I mean, I enjoy it a lot, man. I look up to you, big dog.
1: Appreciate it, fam. You know, I'm, I'm from, like like Nelson Mandela says, I never lose. Either I win or I learn.
2: Thanks.
0: Thanks, man. What's up? Hey, nice to meet you, man. Hey, you this trying to kind of – Quick thing, you know, you kind of mentioned that when you were done, you, you had the eBay degree and, you know, the jobs weren't coming to you like you thought. Um, you know, we talk a lot about colleges preparing us and, you know, not having time to internship, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, when you're in the league, it's time to get a pretty successful career. In the offseason, you know, were you thinking about what else you would do? Did you have time to really think about it or were you really just kind of focusing on, man, I got to, you know, make sure I'm,
1: I'm perfecting my craft for the NFL? Right, and 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 that's if I had if I have one regret, I didn't do enough of what am I gonna do when this is over? Thoughts, you know, because even though I thought I was like, hey, you know what, I'm gonna get into some type of real estate. I'm gonna, you know, I was thinking about those things, but right. I really didn't pursue those. I was so busy trying to train and be ready for that next year. That right. you know, hey, did a little traveling, spent a little time. You know, I was back at UVA a lot training. You know, hanging with the fellas, doing that, and before you know, you look up and the career is gone. It's over. You're like, wow, five years went by in a blink. You know, and mm-hmm. a couple of those years I was rehabbing for, from injuries in the off season. So, you know, boom, you look up and it's the season again. So I didn't, you know, that's one regret that I have that I didn't pursue those other opportunities and I didn't, I didn't truly get into what I should have gotten into in the off season.
0: Gotcha. I'm Joe. You got y'all y- 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 good. You know, I went 15, 20 minutes in a uh, straight questions. You know what I'm saying? Somebody come in with one question. and You'll be like, I'm good. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: because, um what is the biggest lesson um, that you've learned through your college and pro experience, both of them, man? Um, I know, you, I know. You start your book out by saying tomorrow isn't promised and all that, but what is what is your two biggest lessons you learned from college and pros?
1: Uh, to that own self be true, man, for one, um, because it's, it's very easy to get caught up, uh, and you cannot forget who you are. You cannot forget the lessons that your parents taught you, man, because you're going to have to lean back and fall on those experiences. And the other one would be control what you can control. There are things that are out of your control that will frustrate the absolute hell out of you. Well, sooner you realize that you can't control them and that you should focus on the things that you can, man, you'll be better served as a result of it. Big sex, big sex, man.
0: We're doing an example of leadership that we see every week. I think that is – is it my turn, Dom, Matt? I think it's uh, it. your turn.
2: I know I'm gone.
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, y'all boys running so quick, boy. But we're going to – so I guess an example of leadership, so Tika, we try to talk about leadership every week just because we think that it is something that needs to be, it's not like a topic. We think it needs to be a part of who you are every every day. Um, so every time we try to get a platform to speaking to people, I try to bring up leadership examples that I notice every week. So um, this this week I wanted to talk about building. I wanted to talk about building, and I wanted to talk about my man, 2-3 uh, Joe. Uh, having to find a way to work, make things work, make things happen when it might be un- unfortunate circumstances. So ha- how he just said, like, I always try to make a positive out of a negative. He got a negative this week. Somebody that was helping him in a job situation. Uh, too much. Somebody that was helping him in a job situation basically said, you know, right before the job about to start, like, I can't do it. So put Dom Joe in the scramble mode. Uh, he was able to actually get started working today. So Dom... How do you, you want to talk about facil- facilitating that and making sure that, you know, all your eyes are about it, all your team are about it? But this is the example of leadership this week just because I think it's an important lesson for anybody that's in a leadership role to understand that, yeah, you trust people, but also always be ready to go into – to adjust and go back to the huddle and figure out how to still execute. Just because just cause one thing falls through doesn't mean it's over. So, Don, you want to touch on that?
2: So, like I said, um, we were doing a turn in uh, North Jersey, Rutgers University. And the, the person who I was um former teammate as well, you, all, you always got to put the family on, so, you know, former teammate as well. But um, he lived uh, probably like 20 minutes away from the campus, and we've been talking about this for two months. You know, this is my third year doing intern, so I pretty much told him how to run it, how to run his people, and then uh, I was going to be there the first day, to make sure everything went smooth. I didn't expect to work, but you know, I you know, I was gonna make sure everything went smooth. So Friday, we start on we're starting on Sunday. Um I got an extra probably like week and a half 'cause I wanted to make sure we had some room in case some bad things happened. But um so we started on Sunday and um Friday afternoon I'm on my way home from work he gets a call. I get a call. Yo Joe yeah, that's what that's what the squad called me. Yo Joe, I got bad news I'm taking this high school training job. I can't do it. In my head, I'm thinking there's two things wrong with that, but I don't say nothing, man. I just use the next man up mentality, man. So I say congratulations. You don't got to explain nothing. And then I just, congratulations, man. Good luck. Click. You know what I'm saying? That's all, that's all I need right there, man. If, if, if I can't win with you right now, man, you know what I'm saying? Next man up. You feel me? So then that just put me in a bind, and the only thing I knew how to do was just bring my A team to New Jersey. So I brought everybody, man. All six of us got into Tahoe. You know what I'm saying, and we just packed up the Tahoe and we just started working on Sunday, man. now I got my whole Philly crew in New Jersey, and until I find a better plan, man, I'm just making these trips, you know what I'm saying, so but hey, I know it's gonna be worth it in the end, and we knocked it out today. We did a good job, and I mean that's that's it, but I think there's F- two things figuring it me. out on but figuring it out on the fly, huh facts man the, the biggest thing for me though is I'm disappointed in somebody. Limiting themselves, man. You know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> yo, yeah. you know, for real. Because the end of the day, all right, we know, we all know, high school training, all right. No way, you ain't working around the clock. You know what I'm saying? You're not working around the clock, especially in the summertime. Okay. Number two, you're training. All right, you you've been on NFL teams and you've been in D1 weight rooms. You know you are not creating a program from scratch. Okay, so you can do this stuff on the fly. Um, number three, I had access to rooms overnight, just in case you have to do PM work. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like a nine to five. So, and, and then on top of that, he didn't even tell me when the start date was, you know what I'm saying? So he could he's probably not even starting this week. You know, mm-hmm. So in, in my mind, I'm thinking, I ah, mean, he, he might not just want to do it, whatever the case mm-hmm. is, you know mm-hmm. good luck to you. You know what I mean? But it's just. I think that's just disappointing. Like, there's so many people like that, man. I have one one dude that wanted to work for me Said, hey, Dom, man, I'm going to keep it a bean with you, dog. You know how Philly do I'm going to keep it a bean with you, dog. Like, Jersey too far, man. Holler at me with something in Philly. Man, you just went down on the depth chart, bro. Right. i I holler, you know what I'm saying, if I need that many hands. You know what I'm saying? Right. Little stuff like that. It, It, like, irks me that, like, you know what I'm saying? Why do people limit themselves like that? Like, you can't. Like you can't do it all. You know what I'm saying? Like why or why would you even want to push your capacity? That's my thing. Push your capacity. See how much you can do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I think I think some people don't want to do it before it even starts. They know they don't yep. want to do
2: it. It's kinda of like
0: the uh I don't want to see it on social media there's been this meme going around of the Oklahoma drill and they said the Oklahoma drill made more basketball players than did football players. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> And the fact of, uh, you know, you're standing around the pile. You know, uh, Coach Groh, he was big into the Oklahoma's joining. He made everybody watch. You know what yep. I'm saying? So Why who's real? you know, you, you, standing around, you standing around waiting for you or you've got the people in the back that's ducking, don't want to get into the drill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or, or looking for the uh, the matchup that they need. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, there's a lot of things that goes on, man. Some people make the decision they don't want to do it before they even get into it.
2: Excellent. Or, like, you know, just like, yo, Joe, all right, I'll just do it for one week. At least give me a week to put something together. You know what I mean? All right. All right
1: eight. Even some Let's,
2: Let's just keep it real. He was going to make $120 a day. But I told him, I told him too, because he does run his own training thing. I told him too, how he could run it and him not be there too. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I just don't, you know, I think, I think you know what I mean? Some people got that dog, and some people act like they got that dog, man. You
1: know that's real. Said? You could try to put them up on game, but, you know, everybody everybody ain't receptive to it, man. Everybody ain't receptive to putting them getting put up on game.
0: Everyone want to make that money, but then you tell them how to do it and when to start, and they don't
2: show up. Right. A lot of people don't want to fish. You give them the polls, tell them how to do it. A lot of people don't me, want
0: to fish. Me and Dalvin nah. were talking about the situation, and we just talking about how, first of all, we try to, like, we're trying to build something, right? We're trying to, in Helping Hands, t uh, I don't know if you know much about what we're doing. But we helping hands. We have a a company that is um, based in student housing, and we manage. We provide the services during the summer um, for everything that needs to be done to the dorms and the apartments to get the students back ready to move in. Mm-hmm. So we started this a while back, um, and we kind of I've kind of grown it and try kind to of grow it with my teammates. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of the people like Godmother, necessarily Maxwell in DC. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got Kevin and Charlotte and some different places around the country. So, you know, I feel like it's like a situation where we're trying to help and trying to lend a hand and trying to have something that you can have some ownership in and build it and use our specific things that we are. Uh, I think that we what the thing that really makes us as football players and as competitors is the fact of, like I said earlier, when I work, if I work for it, I'll get what I work. I'll get out of it what I put in. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm -hmm. We were talking about the fact that me and Don was talking about this uh, earlier this week. We were saying, like, we're giving people these lands. We're giving people land, but they're running off the land. You right.
2: Know what I'm
0: saying? Like, you give right. them land
2: to yeah. build,
0: and then they don't want to build on it. So
2: yeah.
0: are, they, are they, you know, just okay with a tit on the land? You know what I'm yep. yep. saying? Yep. Like, yep. really taking advantage of situations and opportunities and not being so short-sighted and have a longer vision. Okay, it's just land right now, but what can it be if five years? Mm-hmm. What can it? What can it be in ten years? So I think that's an extremely uh, important situation when we talk about the situation as far as opening up the eyes of not only former athletes but of the culture, the minorities and uh, minorities and everybody else in general. The fact of like, yo, what we do and it can be a lot bigger than what what it is currently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I really want to try to get to the point where. We could we can teach people the vision and, and and be better and not just have to think that okay this whatever this job I'm gonna get right now, yeah, it might pay me more in this current moment. But can I what what is it gonna be down the line? Is it gonna be the same thing or is this gonna be more? And right. I always think of that, that, that another meme of the guy that's digging for gold and he stopped right before he's about to about to break gold and walking the other way, I'm like, all right, that's enough.
1: You know? Yeah. yeah. So, people lack like the vision, man. They like the vision. They want to talk about what the destination and what they want to get to, but they truly lack like the vision on, how, A, how to execute the plan on getting there. And, you know, I, I think it's great you guys trying to put, you know, former guys that you know on. Same thing for me, man, you know, in, in like a lot of the guys that I'm mentoring that's, the, that's come through UVA, My, you know, I'm constantly asking, what do you want to do when this is over, whether you played sports or not, what do you want to do? And I was like, okay, well, I'm working on something to for, for all of y'all. If you want to get into something, I'm working on it. When you ready to shut it down, holler at your boy because I'm going to put you on and, you know, it's you're going to be able to, A, impact something, get, do the give back that you want to do, but also you help me because I'm wanting to branch out and get us, you know, get us all taken care of. And so it's important to me that I put my dudes on that 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 hey, that's been played, you know, at the same university that I know and love and you know that that's important to me, man. And I think that's something we got to do. We always got to try to put dudes on um but at the same time, if dudes ain't willing to work, then they, you know, they either they going to want it or they not going to want it. And I, want, I go back to what I said. I'm going to control what I control. I can try to invite you in, make you a part of it. If you're not with it, please, it's cool. It's all good. We're still going to be fam. But if you really want to get some stuff done, you want to have that impact, I got something for you. Let's move forward.
0: That's That's that seems like a good way. So, t Cubs, let everybody know where they can re- reach you at, uh, where they can find out more, where they can purchase the book, all that good stuff.
1: Cool. They can uh, they can either catch the book on uh, Amazon, I Am Underdog: The Journey of Adversity and Blessings, or go to my website, TonyLCovington.com. Or you catch me on my on Instagram at tcoversunderdog, underdog, as well as tcoversunderdog underdog on Twitter, uh, TonyC on um, on Facebook. And uh, I, you know, I'll be I'll be out and around. I'm, you know, you can catch me on the week the Virginia Virginia broadcast each week during the season, uh, doing the radio color commentary, and uh, it's off the chain because I get I get crazy. I, you, if a rap lyric in my head that day, you are probably gonna hear it on the, on the air. Whatever whatever's <laughs> on my mind, I'm gonna let it go that day. So uh, it's a fun time. Get an opportunity. Check your boy out. Straight up. We
0: appreciate you being on here for sure. I I guess I got the gas of the week this week. I think it's my time. Yes, sir. That definitely is.
2: Definitely is. That's what, Every time. Just,
0: who got the leadership of the week? It's definitely your third. <laughs> who got the gas of the week? It's definitely your third. It's
2: all good, though. Yo, that's crazy, though, because I feel the same way, man. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same. I think I did leadership of the week twice in a row, because,
0: y'all. Yeah, it's all good. Well, so this is the gas of the week this week, man. Believe in yourself, because if, if you don't, I never will. So. <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's something that I take to heart is the fact of how can I put trust in you and belief in you if I'm not getting it out of yourself? So walk in walk in self-belief, walk in confidence, walk in courageousness, walk in I-can-do-it mindset, not it's-too-hard mindset. That's the gas of the week. We'll holler at y'all next week. That's it for today's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and follow us on
2: Instagram at CTC Podcast. Catch you next week.